Well, good morning. What do you think of when you think of Mother Teresa? She's an amazing woman who was a simple servant of the Lord. She was a woman of great compassion and sacrifice. It was evident to the world that she served a powerful God. Her life was devoted to bringing the love of Jesus to each and every individual that was in her path. She wrote of herself, I am just a little pencil in the hand of a mighty God who is writing and sending his love letter to the world. As we've been going through Acts chapter 9, we've been learning and following Saul's amazing conversion on the road to Damascus. A hater of the way becomes a lover of Jesus. And now is zealous for Jesus to speak forth his truth and his amazing resurrection power, the way that he's transformed his life. And as he's, as he's speaking forth the Lord's truth, he keeps getting taught by the Lord and, and sent away three years in Arabia. He's being a servant prepared. And then he comes back to Damascus. He starts teaching again. Next thing you know, there's a murderous group that wants to take him out. And so the church sends him off to Tarsus. That's where we left off last week. And he'll spend the next eight to ten years in Tarsus. A servant prepared. Learning to be a simple servant of a powerful God. As we enter into Acts chapter 9 this week, at the end of Acts chapter 9, we start to see, now we're switching gears back to Peter. And Peter, too, is learning to be a simple servant of the Lord. You see, Peter really struggles with the fact that this love of the Lord, this new relationship with Jesus Christ, that this actually is something that's available to the Gentiles. And the Lord's going to deal with his heart, his prejudice. And so he's going to send them to Lydda and to Jaffa, as we see this week. And he's going to send Peter with a message of salvation. Those regions were Gentile regions. The, the healings weren't necessarily upon Gentiles, but the area surrounding was full of Gentiles. And so he's preparing his servant, softening his heart, but he will bring the message of Jesus and who he is, that he is the resurrection and the life. We're going to see the power of Christ, the risen Christ, spoken forth and acted out in these healings so that Jesus would be known. And Peter is going to learn this amazing truth that this salvation, this new life in Christ, Peter is for everybody not just for the Jews. And it all starts with this simple visit to Lydda. He shows up. You see, Peter is one who is one of the key leaders in the church in Jerusalem. And he has lots of things that he's doing. The church in Jerusalem is expanding. The Holy Spirit is doing amazing work. It's really living out the theme of our 
passage of Acts, it is a Spirit-empowered church. They are responding to the Spirit. The Spirit is softening hearts. They're sharing the Gospel. They're sharing what the Lord is doing in their lives. And people are surrendering their hearts to Jesus on a daily basis. Peter's right in the middle of that mix. But Peter's also one who is listening to the Holy Spirit. And I think the Spirit is prompting him, I want you to go be pastoral and take a simple visit over to Lydda, which is actually today is where the Tel Aviv airport is, and over to Jaffa, which is on the coast, to these small communities of believers. I want you to go there. Listen to my voice. I'm sure he was very busy with his duties in Jerusalem, but he knew the Lord was prompting him for this simple visit that was going to have amazing, powerful results. And so he went trusting the Lord, not exactly knowing the good works that the Lord was preparing in advance for him to walk into, Ephesians 2.10. But he was going to show up trusting the Lord to make this simple visit, knowing that the Lord, again, would use him however he wanted. He was a humble servant before the Lord. And the Lord's going to prepare his heart, too, along the way. Are you open? Are you aware? Are you ready for the Holy Spirit's call upon your life to make a simple visit? Which, when you're walking in the Spirit, is never a simple visit at all. He has purpose for you and value for you. Are you open to the kingdom interruptions? Or is your life too busy with your own personal agenda? Have you forgotten that you're no longer your own? You're bought with a price. Christ wants us to be used of him, and when he calls upon us, let us respond to that. Someone in the hospital. My friend Rob over here has been a chaplain at St. Luke's. He does a lot of just simple visits. But he gets to impart the love of the Lord to all those different people that he gets to just share life with and touch. How can I pray for you? How are you today? What simple visit? Who is the Lord calling you to maybe just make a phone call to, to just drop by, to care for? My godson, Zach, is living with us right now, and he came home from an incredible day of skiing yesterday, and apparently the snow is sick up there right now, so if you're a skier, get up there. But he came back, and for those of you who've done a long day skiing, you come home, and all you're ready to do is just take a nap. I mean, it's a wonderful day, but your body's exhausted. So he was sharing about the day, and I said, oh, you're going to take a good nap? And he goes, he goes, you know what? I really want to. But on the way home, I got a phone call from one of my Young Life kids, and he asked me if I could just come and talk with him. He needed someone to talk to. So he was going to go make a simple visit which I know the Lord used in a powerful way to love this young student. Simple visits. And we see Peter coming into town, these small towns, to visit as a simple servant. He knows that about himself. I'm just a simple servant of a powerful God. 
he's going to visit these beautiful saints. Verse 32 says, He came to the saints. These are the ones who are set apart, who are living for Jesus now. And there he found a man. That's no accident. The Lord had prepared this holy encounter. The person exactly who he needed to come into and to love up with this visit. And he comes across Aeneas. And we can't help but pause and think about these simple saints, Aeneas and Tabitha. Who were they? What was their life all about? I think Aeneas is one of the saints of the community. What was his life like? He's been paralyzed for eight years. How alone he must have felt. Suffering not just physically, but emotionally. Wondering what his value is. Shame upon him in the culture, if there was physical illness, many people would say, well, that's because of sin. Shame, shame, shame. What was his life like? Did he need a touch from the Lord for his soul? Peter shows up. Maybe Aeneas is paralyzed in his faith with fear. Does God really love me? Maybe sin is paralyzing his walk with the Lord, maybe. What can I do for the Lord? What do I have to offer? I'm just a burden. But what Peter's going to minister is that's not who you are before the Lord. You are incredible. You are of amazing worth. You are valuable. His Greek name means he is admirable or worthy. And that's very true of who he is before the Lord. Justin Skizik and Patrick Gray, dear brothers, I've gotten to know over the last little bit through Michael and Julie Turner, who are real good friends with them. But you may know those names because Justin is a a man of the Lord, a simple servant of the Lord, who was hit with an autoimmune disease that paralyzed his body. He can't move his lower body or upper body. And he's in a wheelchair, and he has a dear friend, Patrick Gray. Justin really wanted to go on a 500-mile trek on the El Camino de Santiago. It's an impossible journey for most people who have all function of their body, but especially for one who's in a wheelchair. And when Patrick learned, and Justin said, I want to do this trek right away immediately, Patrick through the power of the Holy Spirit, because just the love of the Lord. Patrick said right away, I'll push you. And that's their documentary and their book that's out about this journey and this journey of friendship and of love. One of the things in the the story that you learn from Justin is he he talks about how difficult it is to always ask for help. To always ask for help. He can't move. And so he depends on, especially his friend Patrick, and he depends on those around him. And as I've gotten to know their story and talked to them personally, Patrick was always one to quickly say, listen, don't talk that way. That it's hard, and you don't want us to 
sort of step into this and, and what a burden. No, no, no. You don't understand the joy of the Lord that I have when I get to help you. You don't get to cut me off from what the Lord is doing in my life and how the Lord wants to express his love to you through me. You don't get to cut that off. And Justin says, I've had to learn to let people love me because that's what God's doing in them. And for Patrick, the truth is, oh my goodness, Justin, you are so valuable. You're my best friend. You give so much life to me. Who was Aeneas? This beautiful, simple servant that God wanted to speak, you have great worth. And the truth is, Corinthians 12, each of us are members of the body, each of us necessary, each of us important, each of us valuable. Receive the resurrected life of Christ upon you. A simple visit from a simple servant of a powerful God. Know my love, know my power, know my salvation. I will make you whole. Maybe not physically, but in your soul, I will make you whole. And he goes from there and he goes over to Jaffa. This amazing place on the coast. Tabitha has just died and he's called over there to visit, to do a simple visit. There was a disciple Verse 36, her name was Tabitha. And she was was one who was always doing good and helping the poor. Verse 36 says. She was a saint, a disciple, who was always doing good and helping the poor. Her name is like a gazelle. She was graceful and beautiful. Always doing good works, loving people in her community. And we see in verse 39 that the widows came to Peter when he showed up and they were showing off all the clothes that Tabitha had made for them. She loved people well in Jaffa and she was loved well. Sometimes you go, Lord, why would you take a saint like this? Because the power of the resurrection the power of the Lord is going to be revealed. Peter shows up right in the middle of it. Beautiful saints, simple servants. We're all called to be servants of the Lord. And we're all called to be humble servants of the Lord. We serve a powerful, awesome God. Let's be just little pencils. How can we be like Tabitha? How can we be ones who are doing good? I love in this church family, Valerie Tucker invited a bunch of people, hey, do you quilt? As I've been dealing with people in the hospital, I realize they get cold often. How about we have a bunch of people who make quilts for those in the hospital? And many of you have participated in that. It's being like Tabitha. That's living out the love of Jesus. It's behind the scenes. Nobody knows about it. 
but we're following our resurrected Christ and we're extending his hand to those in need and we're providing his comfort to those who need to be comforted. You see, he's the one being glorified in that. It's not about us. We're just simple servants. How can you be like Tabitha? Is there someone you could bring a meal to this week just to love up? Maybe they're having a hard week. Who could you make a simple visit to and share God's love and glorify him? Galatians 6.9 says this, Let us not grow weary of doing good. In Peter's simple visit, the power of Christ is going to be revealed. His redemptive, his restorative, his resurrection power that gives life, it's going to be revealed. And Peter is saying, Lord, use me how you will. And he shows up, and he comes with these words to Aeneas. Jesus Christ heals you. All throughout Scripture, we see physical conditions of sickness and despair reflecting upon the spiritual conditions of mankind. That we are paralyzed and we are dead in our sin without the saving grace of Jesus. But he has provided life and healing to those who would receive and surrender their hearts unto Jesus to receive his resurrection power and his life. But the reality is, without Christ, we're paralyzed and we're dead. And Peter is going to minister the life of Christ. You see, the physical healings, that's easy for Jesus. But to get a hold of someone's heart, he wants to keep showing who he is and his love. And so these physical healings are always meant to point to Jesus. Always meant to point to his authority and his power and his life. That's what he comes in. And he's going to bring hope and he's going to bring light into hopelessness and darkness. Peter's available to be used of God. You know, Jackson, when he first began the series in Acts, one of the great things that he taught us was this. You see, Luke says... I told you all about in the Gospel of Luke what Jesus did. And now in the book of Acts, I'm going to tell you the continuing work of Jesus through the apostles and through the saints. This is the continuing work of Jesus. See, Peter recognizes that. This is the continuing work of Jesus. It's not me. It's Christ living through me. And do you understand, dear saints, this is the same for us today. We are living out the continuing work of Jesus as we are available to him, his humble servants. Christ, live your life through me. Use me how you will to glorify you, to make a simple visit with powerful results because of you. Help me to proclaim you, Jesus, the resurrection and the life, that you're the only way to have salvation 
and new life. Lord, use me to continue your work here. And it points to him. Let's look at the work of the Lord in verse 33. Peter shows up, and there he finds Aeneas. He's paralyzed, bedridden for eight years. And Peter said, Jesus Christ heals you. Rise up, roll up your mat. And immediately Aeneas got up. One of the first things you'll notice in this passage, Peter shows up and he says, Aeneas. See, he knows his name. We need to minister that to people. That we know them, that we want to get to know them. We want to know their names. When we have a simple visit, we come with a visit that says, the Lord knows you. You have a name. You're of worth. He's with you. He knows your situation. He knows your burden. He knows your brokenness. He knows your name. I was having lunch with my family at Smashburger a couple weeks ago, and it was cold, cold out. And and as I was eating this really fatty but really good burger, I was looking outside with my family, and, and the Lord really put on my heart. He really prompted me. It's all the Lord, not me. The Lord had my eyes gaze over. There was a young man. This is the smash burger over by Best Buy on Franklin. There was a young man on the corner with a sign, and he was asking for money. And the Lord really stirred me up, like Jackson taught about a while, responding to the promptings of the Spirit. Again, all Jesus, not us. The Lord stirred me up and said, I want you to go and, and meet, this, meet this young man. So I grabbed my son, Alex. I said, hey, the Lord wants us to go over and meet this young man. And so we walked over to him on the corner. And the first thing I said to him, I said, hello, what is your name? And his name is James. He has a twin brother, and they stand on the corner. And I go, what's your story? Why are you here? And he went on to tell me his story, that he has some physical issues, and he hasn't been able to, to really provide for his family. He has a large family. And so he and his twin brother, uh, we get a little bit of work, but we get most of our provision from being out here and, and asking people to help us. And I started to learn about the different jobs he's tried and, and just his life and where he came from. And we spent about 15 minutes or so out in the cold. It was awful cold. And, and just the Lord speaking to James. And I said to James, I said, listen, the Lord wanted me to come over here to you. And I know people give you money for all kinds of different reasons. But the Lord Jesus asked me to come over to you and to say that this gift, this financial gift, this is straight from Jesus. And he just wants to tell you that he loves you and that he's with you and that he's going to sustain you and he wants to just bring his love to you. I just wanted to tell you that. It's not from me. It's from Jesus. 
And James lit up, and he says, thank you, dear brother. He goes, you know what? I am a Christian, actually. And I'm always amazed how God takes care of me. And we gave each other a hug, and we parted ways. But keep your eye out for James. Go express God's love to him. You see, everybody has a name. Everybody has a story. And the Lord will use us broken vessels to go and minister the power of Christ into people's lives. And he shows up. Peter shows up compelled by the love of Jesus and he finds him. Jesus Christ heals you, makes you whole. The simple servant, Peter, is saying, listen, it's my powerful God who's making you whole. Jesus Christ makes you whole, heals you. Not me. I'm just a vessel. I'm an instrument being used. I want to be available, and here I am. Rise up, roll up your mat, and walk. Rise up, make your bed, and he does. We know this is a miracle. We know this is a miracle because how many of our children have we asked to wake up and make their bed? (laughs) And none of them do it. Aeneas does it right away. That's a pure miracle of God. Rise up. Rise up. Like Jesus. Peter is being Jesus in that moment. Like Jesus was in John 5 to the paralyzed man who was waiting for the waters to be stirred. Jesus says the same thing. Rise up and walk. Pick up your mat. Just like Jesus. It's I who no longer live, but Christ living through me. And we humbly receive that. But you have to know, the Lord wants to use us as humble servants to glorify him that people may know of his salvation and his life and his love. Rise up. It's Jesus who has healed you. He has made you physically well, but more than that, he's healed your soul, your broken heartache. It's complete. Then he goes over and he's summoned to Jaffa. I wonder along the way what it was like for him. Was he thinking, I'm going to go there and I'm going to raise Tabitha from the dead? Were the people even thinking that he's going to come and raise Tabitha from the dead? I think they were just brokenhearted and needed a shepherd to come and and just love them up. Don't we need that when we lose someone who's, who's passed away? But I do think that as Peter's on his way, it's about 10 miles away, I think on the journey, he's probably going, Lord, I don't know what you have in store for me. However you want me to minister to this community and to Tabitha, here's one thing I know, that all things are possible with God. This seems impossible, but all things are possible with you. You just... You just raised up Aeneas. So I don't know what you have in store, but I'm going to show up. 
and I want you to use me, Father. And he shows up. Verse 40, he comes into the room, and he got on his knees. This is the beautiful statement. He got on his knees, and he prayed. And turning towards the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, rise up. And she opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. And he took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. And then he called for the believers, especially the widows, and he presented Tabitha to them alive. Alive. I think as Peter's in that room, he realizes quickly, there's no way I can do anything about this. This is way above my pay grade. (laughs) I can't do anything about this. So he gets on his knees and he prays to the one who can. He prays to the one who is the resurrection and the life. I wonder how long that conversation was. And he receives the power of Christ and touches the woman with healing and new life. A simple servant following Jesus. You see, Peter was able to be with Jesus in Mark 5 when Jairus' daughter died. He got to go in the room, and it's the same scene. And Jesus says, listen, go out of the room. Peter, James, and John came into the room. Little girl, dead, 12 years old. Jesus grabs her by the hand. Talitha kum, little girl, rise up. Rise up. Peter's right there next to Jesus. I can't do anything here with Tabitha, but I know Jesus can. So, Father, your will be done in this. May you be glorified in this. Rise up. Rise up. Presented alive. The power of God visible to all. Rise up. In all of these miracles, and all of these healings, the paralyzed walking and the dead rising, we see that word, rise up, rise up. That's resurrection language, isn't it? Jesus was teaching his disciples in Mark 9, and he said, the Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men, and they're going to kill me. And when he is killed, when the Son of Man is killed, after three days, he will rise up. Do you see what's being ministered in these communities? Resurrection. Life. Real life. Restoration. Redemption of all that is broken. Christ has conquered sin and death. Rise up. Rise up with him, be restored, be renewed, be made whole. Rise up. The power of the gospel is going forth. Christ has conquered sin and death. What a beautiful, beautiful moment. And Peter was able to serve the Lord and glorify him. What a simple, powerful message 
Here's the simple message. Yet with amazing, powerful results that quite honestly is never simple at all. Jesus is the Savior of the world. He is the resurrection and the life. And look at the response in both of these communities when that message is poured forth in these healings that Jesus is the Savior. He is the resurrection and the life. What's the response to changed, resurrected lives as the power of the gospel goes forth? Verse 35 says, All the residents of Lydda and Sharon saw him, and what did they do? They turned to the Lord. Their hearts were pierced. It became known all throughout Jaffa, and many believed in the Lord. A resurrected life, transformed life, the power of the gospel going forth. And I think their hearts were ready. I think these small communities, there had been the sharing about who Jesus was. And then now, through these powerful miracles, to reveal a resurrected Jesus, that he's the only one who can resurrect your dead life. He's the only one who can transform you and give you wholeness and hope. The power of God. He gives hope to the hopeless and he comes alongside the helpless. It's Jesus who healed me. Nobody else. It's Jesus who died on the cross for our sin. That's the simple message. It's Jesus Christ who rose again. That is the simple message. It is Jesus who offers salvation and life as we believe, as we put our faith in him. That is the simple message with amazing, life-changing results. Let us bring the simple message of Jesus. And they heard the word, and they saw the signs, and they believed. Peter is learning as he's ministering in this community, which there's a lot of Gentiles around, that salvation and new life in Christ is for everyone. Not just for the Jews. It's for everyone. For God so loved the world, the whole world. Let me close with this. We're all simple servants of an amazing God. Would you leave space for him to interrupt your busy day with his gospel kingdom work that he has for you? Would you allow him room for that? Would you be open and available to his leading, to to the promptings of the Spirit, Would you be still and and listen to his voice? That we would be his hands and his feet, recognizing that we are part of the continuing work of Jesus. It is I who no longer live, but it's Christ who lives through me.
that we would share the gospel, the good news of Jesus to those who are paralyzed and dead in their sin? Would you share the good news? Share the resurrected Jesus. Share your transformed life with people. Will you trust in the power of the gospel? Do you understand? The Holy Spirit's already doing work in people's hearts. Will you trust that? So that when you show up, I want to share with you about Jesus and what he's done in my life. I want to share the resurrected Jesus. You know what? Their hearts are being prepared. Trust that. Would we testify and give witness like in Acts 1.8 to the ends of the earth? And then as simple servants, we would proclaim the risen Jesus. He is the Savior of the world. Can we practice Easter this morning? Can we do the traditional, he is risen? Let's do that twice. Are you ready? He is risen. He is risen indeed. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. Let's proclaim that forth. Let's pray.